In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time for Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues today, with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Ladies, Motherhood Talk Radio is here to give you a powerful platform by giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. Motherhood Talk Radio has interviews with best-selling authors, gurus of happiness, and women of interest who every single day make our world a better place for our families. Motherhood Talk Radio, powered by Motherhood Incorporated, is on the air now. Moms, this really is your show. Motherhood Talk Radio. And now, here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, Mamas, this is Sandra Beck at Motherhood Talk Radio on vacation. But I am here for Christy and Rick so that we can have a great show. Thank, well, thank you. you. <laughs> I would say that's dedication. That is dedication. I am. I'm sitting here overlooking. In your bunker? I am in my bunker. I'm hiding. (laughs) And we have to thank, we're going to thank Jen McCarr today. Uh, She is my cousin, and she is watching her children and my children downstairs as they absolutely rip up the place. Oh, thank you, Jen. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I may be on one of these, like, phantom three-hour shows. You never know. Yeah, I'm still on the air. Keep watching them. But it is beautiful weather. I'm in upstate New York, the Finger Lakes region. The lake is beautiful. It's about 70 degrees, and the kids have been jumping off the end of the dock. And uh, my mom and dad are here, so we're just having a really good time on vacation. I'm glad. Yes, when we've been slicing ourselves to ribbons on the rocks. Really? Yeah, well, we have these things called zebra mussels. I know in California there's a different kind of mussel that was brought in, and it keeps the water nice and clean, but they're really sharp little mussels, and you step on them, and they slice your feet to ribbons. Ooh. Yep. Fun. Yeah, so I brought all four kids into the water today. We were in the canoe. Somebody banged their knee. The other one, uh, let's see, Trent cut his foot, and uh, Max fell in between the boat and the dock, so oh, he got God. hurt. Oh, no. I'm like, this is a great <laughs> show, then, for you. I know. It's the safety show as I ruined, like, you know, four children in the space of about two hours. But that's part of being a kid. That's part of being a kid, though. You know, I mean, we were always banged up. We had so many bruises, it looked like our legs were dirty. Like, <laughs> got beaten? Yeah. Well, Child services. <laughs> Child services. Well, but it's so true. My brothers, when we used to play in the woods where I was, where I grew up, and um, it was Indian burial grounds all over, and Ooh. you know we were told not to touch the mounds and stuff, but we would still dig for things. And um, so my brothers dubbed me Battle Legs because I always had scrapes and bruises and cuts, and it just looked like I walked through a war. <laughs> but you know, it's different today. I think everybody is um, softer. Is it softer? I think so. I mean, I think we know more about head injuries. Well, I think we know about more about the injuries now that happen that we didn't ever hear about because of the, you know, the Internet and stuff and the media that's out there. I mean, you wouldn't be able to find out how many kids busted their heads open without helmets. Oh, that's true. You know, so easily. 
You know, well, because and, we all say, oh, I used to ride a bike with no helmet. I mean, people of my age, everybody says that. I used well, to do this. Right, or ride in the back of the pickup truck, and you yeah. know that. But I mean, that's how my friend Gabriel lost both his legs. <laughs> so, what? Not something to laugh about, but you know, I think back to these things. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm on vacation. Very hard to take this topic seriously, but um, yeah, no, we think about like riding in the back of pickup trucks and all things we used to do, which we can do in Arizona. Um, I think I think it's legal in Arizona, but you know, we just took for granted that sometimes the truck rolls over and people died. No, nobody ever. <laughs> to us to like put jump seats in the back or say hey kids don't ride in the back seat you're back in the you know in the back payload area yeah we used to sit on the wheel 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 all high up there oh yeah would go over a bump and like oh <laughs> yeah no we'd step on the back bumper like the three of us and then oh, every geez. once in a while my dad had a big green pickup truck we called it the mean green machine and um, we would hang on the back bumper, like stand on the back bumper and hold the tailgate. Well, if you hit a good bump, the tailgate would come down and you had to let go or you'd like, you know, smash your fingers and fall off. And I don't know, it was good old redneck fun. Did you ever smash rocks as a kid? Oh, I love that. That was like my grandpa's favorite pastime for us. He'd give us a hammer and some goggles, and we just go out in the backyard and try to see how much of a spark we could get by hitting it hard enough. At least you had safety goggles. See, yeah, we that have, is, that's at safe. least. Yes, <laughs> we didn't. My dad would give us a rock from the lake, and then he'd give us another rock that would have a fossil in it, and we'd have to bang the, you know, like the shale away, <clears throat> sorry, from the fossil and keep pounding away, but no, no safety glasses here. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But I don't know. I, it's different today. <clears throat> and I'm also really scared. And, Christy, I don't know if you're like this or, Rick, you're like this. When it's somebody else's kids, then I'm like, you must have your helmet on. You must have your safety goggles. Put on your rubber suit before you step out the door because I'm responsible for someone else's child. But with my own kid, I'm like, yeah, get your helmet on. Oh, you don't want to? Get your helmet on. Okay. <laughs> you, you know what? I had that come up um, like a week ago. One of the kids that I was watching she didn't want to wear a helmet. And she says, well, my mom, you know, it's okay. My mom and dad don't make me wear a helmet. And I'm like, okay, well, here's the deal. If you want to ride at my house, I'm like, you have to wear a helmet. That's the rules here. You know, I just, like, I don't want anybody, like, having a bad accident while I'm watching, I mean, at all, but especially while I'm watching them, when it's something as silly as wearing a helmet. I mean, not silly, but, like, you know, wear the but helmet. But easy. Yeah, it's easy. It's like, it's, you know, totally preventable head injury, right? Right. It's totally preventable. I mean, there's no excuse for it, um, you know. And, the, you know, the question I have, though, is, like, when do you start putting a helmet on a kid? You know, and this is one good thing that we're having uh, Allison Rhodes, the safety mom, because there's so many questions that I have, you know, about helmets. You know, do you put a helmet on a kid on a tricycle? Do you put it on a big wheel? You know, I would think at any point you want the kids to have a helmet on, but, you know, then I see those kids, the ones that are learning to walk with helmets on. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard not to laugh. Well, I think uh, when we got the kids on the bike, because, it's you know, they start going in the streets, you know, and then it's the car safety that you're also worried about. But before that, my kids were just in the driveway, and they're so low to the ground. I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference, you know, either way. I don't know. You know, because I think of the big wheel and then, you know, Max's razor bike where he's like, almost laying on the ground, spinning around. But, you know, he could still fly off that and, like, hit a rock. That's true. I don't you know. know. 
I don't know. It's like, I don't know where to draw the line to. Like, you know, when I see these new moms running around, you know, and they're baby proofing their house and like, I go in the bathroom and I'm like, crap, I can't get the toilet seat up. You know, I can't get the faucet on. I can't get out of the door because they have that hand. Get the door open. And I'm like, this is not childproof. This is just mom proof. You've just, you know, I'm now like held captive in the bathroom because of all the baby proofing. Sometimes that's not so bad. Well, like, remember no, even the, uh, the vitamins? Remember, like, the kids' multivitamins that had that safety twist top to keep kids out? Yeah. My mom used to bring it to us to open it because she couldn't get it open. <laughs> so, like, boom, parent-proof. Right. <laughs> uh. I used to like the Fred Flintstone vitamins. The purple dinosaur was my favorite. But you're not supposed to eat more than, like, one or four Oh, no. <laughs> You're kidding? It's like the, I was eating the kids' jelly, the, the ones that look like um, jelly bears, or what do they call them? The gummies? Um, yeah, the gummy bears. Gummy bites or whatever? Yeah, the gummy bites. Yeah, I was eating yeah. like five or six a day, and then I'm like, oh, I better slow down. <laughs> yeah, they're not just regular gummy bears. <laughs> oh, yeah, but they don't count as candy because they're vitamins. You see how sneaky they are? I know, yeah. they just always want more than one. That's the thing. And then you got to argue with them, and they're crying because they want more than one. That's so. true. That's true. I'm just and, saying. Uh, do you teach your kids to bite the heads off first? Well, we don't have those. We have the Flintstone ones, and they all they like, still have make to the have Flintstone? the colors. Mm-hmm. Are they the Flintstone chewables? Yeah. Wow. I didn't think they still made those. Yeah, they have some for little, like, two- to four-year-olds, and then they have some for, like, five to, like, older do they still taste gross and chalky? Yeah. They're yeah. disgusting. Do they still have the, the uh, Dino the Dinosaur, the purple mm-hmm. one? I don't think so. <gasps> it's more like Fred. Fred. Who cares about Fred? I mean, you want Bam Bam, Pebbles, you know, Dino the Dinosaur. Oh, I, need, I need to look at my, I need to look better. All right. Well, if there is, save me a purple one because I haven't oh, wow. had one in forever and my bones are shattering because of it. <laughs> That's not good. No. That well, might be some mom. other problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Calcium. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, oh. so I need to get some calcium. Be just out there gnawing on like a I don't know a clam shell to get my oyster shell calcium. Nice. Oh, but so you know when you talk to like other moms, like I find that no other mom other than maybe you, Christy, and mm-hmm. maybe Rick, your mom is really cool this way. We'll never talk about like the accidents that happen that you don't tell anybody about. Like <laughs> when I was washing Max in the sink one time in the bathroom in my mom's house because I wasn't familiar with it, I didn't realize how slippery babies could be. And he like slipped out of my hands because I was washing him in the sink, and he was a preemie, so he was really tiny. He slipped over to the like off the side of the counter, and he fell in the waste paper basket. And thankfully, <gasps> there was a whole bunch of tissue in there. <laughs> To break his fall. Sorry, that's not funny, but. <laughs> it was funny. I was like, rub a dub dub slip, woo, woo. You know, and he was fine. He didn't even cry or anything. Um, you know. <laughs> he had a. In a concussion. In a concussion. <laughs> you know, but little things like that. Like, And the other thing, like, um, I'm sorry, that was Zachy. Max did this thing, too. He was also preemie, and so I wasn't prepared for him to, like, do these jerky motions. And I was holding him on my shoulder, like, preparing to burp him, but I had him propped up on my hand. And all of a sudden, I don't know if his legs spasmed or what, but he shot over the back of the lazy boy, flipped over the top, and landed in the blankets in the basket behind. I was like, oh, my God, where did he go? <laughs> and you know when I tell other parents that they just sit there looking horrified. 
I mean, yeah. Does I it mean, only happen to me? No. I've been dropped on my head so many times. That's why, like, I just blame my parents for that. You know? Oh. No. <laughs> no, but everybody has. I mean, I've seen, I've seen all that stuff happen many times. I mean, having five siblings, I mean, seriously, I've seen... Yeah, my mom used to lose us, too, on her hip, which was, we always thought that was really funny, you know? Talk about like, mom points. She'd, like, freak out in McDonald's. I hope she doesn't <laughs> listen to this show. But she's like, where's, where's Matthew? Where's Matthew? She started asking people, like, Mom, you're holding him. <laughs> All right, you guys, when we come back from the break, we're going to welcome Allison, the safety mom. your show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these is there more living for you to do yes start living inspired be here for living inspired with trisha goyer Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Have you been laid off? Fired, downsized, right-sized, or re-engineered out of a job? Are you unemployed or anticipate that possibility? Then tune in for Successfully Unemployed, hosted by Alan Sherwood, MBA, president of Sherwood Consulting Service. Successfully Unemployed will provide you a hope-filled and comprehensive approach to the job search process from an author who's experienced it all. Alan and his guests will cover all dimensions of a job search, physical tasks, mental attitude, emotional health, even one spiritual perspective, all must be integrated in order for a person to be successfully unemployed so they can then be successfully employed. This show is designed to help you move forward from job loss to finding or creating more fulfilling work. For more on Alan Sherwood, MBA, and the show, check out his website, SuccessfullyUnemployed.com. Then join us for Successfully Unemployed with Alan Sherwood, MBA. Thursday nights at 8, 7 Central here on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, MotherhoodTalkRadio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Christy Holly. We have let Rick Swanson go so that we didn't have to subject him to more baby talk. Yes. But he was dropped a lot on his head, and I think that's true, don't you, Christy? <laughs> no, I probably. Poor little probably. Guy. Am I the only one to ever talk publicly about flinging preemie babies around? Maybe. Although I have to say, one time I was so horrified. Well, I I haven't dropped my kids 
I didn't drop any kids, but I, I didn't say, drop them. They just kind of squirted. <laughs> um, when Nicholas was a baby, he was in one of those swings, little portable swings, the little ones um, that you can probably not supposed to sit on your countertop, but <laughs> I sit on my counter yes. there, and he's swinging away, and Parker was uh, turned two, and he came and he pulled the swing off of the counter, and Nick went crashing to the floor. It was horrible. Was he, like, did he hit the floor, or did the swing hit the floor? Um, They both did. <laughs> they both swing, did. And he did, but he didn't cry. <laughs> he didn't. He really he followed, yay, like, again, again. I know, do it again. I mean, it's kind of a high counter there, but... So I was just like, oh, my gosh, like I freaked out and, you know, it's like, okay, you know, put them on the floor after that. Well, it's hard. I mean, it's hard. I mean, it's like we're all, you know, new moms and, you know, and it's stupid that we all have to learn the same mistakes over and over. I mean, I remember taking Max home from the hospital. Uh, He was about, oh, he was maybe five pounds at this point. He was uh, just released from the NICU. And then they're showing me how to roll these towels to pad the car seat, you know, to wedge him in there because he's so tiny. Right. And um, I was driving home uh, through Los Angeles, and I was listening to the radio, all happy, bring my baby home. You know, I had a whole month full of sleep because he was in the NICU <laughs> and um, feeling pretty good and turned on some tunes. I'm driving, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, I hit the train tracks going too fast. And the car's like, boom, 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 boom. And I'm like, oh, my God, I've killed him already. You know, and I, like, pull over the side of the road. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I forgot you were back there. And, you know, he's just, like, wedged in there like a little, I don't know, like a little sausage in there. But, you know, it's it's hard to know everything. And that's it's why, it. isn't it? It is. I've done some bonehead things. <laughs> I mean, as far as, like, I forgot to put Hannah. I forgot I put her in her car seat, and I think I left. We went somewhere, and I left her in the car seat. She was sleeping, and I put her in the car, and we left, and I wanted to kill myself because we got home, and I realized, like, I never buckled her in. Like, oh, I've was, done that. You know, and I'm just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, think of all the things that could have happened, you know, and I felt so guilty about the things that, you know, that didn't happen, but my, your imagination just goes nuts. Well, and I think especially when they're little like that, you're so tired all the time. I mean, I know there's been times I've forgotten to, you know, like normally I keep the car seat buckled in, but, you know, like if I've moved it or whatever and then forgot to buckle it in, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a numbers game. And uh, it's really, I don't know. That's why we have Allison um, Rhodes here today because she's the safety mom and she's going to tell us all the things we need to know um, because Christy and I don't. <laughs> Please, please, please help us. Allison, are you there? You're saying, la, 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 la. I'm not listening. I'm not listening. <laughs> oh, good. This is a safety mom with the two least safe moms. I mean, you have to hear these stories all the time. Oh, my God. And not only do I hear them, but I live through them. I have three kids. Okay, we're all human. We all make mistakes. It's life, for God's sake. I know, but you're the safety mom. Yeah, you I know. Like, and know isn't that everything. bad? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so the minute I do something wrong, it's just big news. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, yeah, safety be... police. 
Yep, so Britney Spears not locking her kids in the car seat, and then right on the next page is Allison Mom, safety mom, look at her. That's right. (laughs) Well, I just, in fact, I just released my first book, Honey, I Lost the Baby in the Produce Aisle, The Safety Mom's (laughs) Guide to Childproofing Your Life. Because, come on, how many of us have left the baby somewhere, forgotten them, gotten in the car, and said, oh, my gosh, forgot number three? Yep. (laughs) It happens. It happens. Yeah, because we're all busy. Or the best is, you know, when we get in the car, we get all the kids in the car, and we forget that we left our Dunkin' Donuts coffee on top of the car, and we drive away. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Oh, that's how I killed my last BlackBerry. And the best part of it, Allison, is I'm, like, getting the kids in, doing my thing, and then I back up, and I'm like, wow, I ran over something. wonder what that was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I can actually top that one. So I had my, at the time, I think seven-year-old, six-year-old at the pediatrician for his annual checkup trying to get him to pee in the little cup. It's like, come on, honey, you can can do it, you can do it. Yeah, I guess where my BlackBerry fell. Mm -hmm. Yeah. things I I talk about. It's like we all make mistakes. We're only human. We can't, you know, I love, I I always feel like the dentist or something is people are afraid to talk to to me because they don't want to admit all their mistakes. But you know what? It happens and we have to laugh about it. But we also have to encourage each other and share our stories and try to get the best information. And as a safety mom, that's what I try to do. You know, everybody's their best child safety advocate, but there's so much misinformation out there. I just try to get the facts so that you can make the decisions that are right for your kid because what's right for your child might be totally different for somebody down the street and it's all about having that sense of confidence as yourself as a mom to know you're doing the right thing for your kids see that's so hard because you're up and honest about things i find that like most moms it's like oh my kid was diaper trained at like you know i know right and it's so competitive and it you know, if you're like me and you're not confident in your mothering skills it's like i could mother my computer to death i mean my right. computer's very safe and happy <laughs> you know never dropped it never like shot it off the right. counter into the waste paper basket but it, the, the moms aren't nice i'm just going to put that out here Mother talk radio moms are not nice you know i have to tell you and i wrote this blog about the imperfect mother's day because i am so sick of going into hallmark and seeing these wonderful mother's day cards about what a fabulous mother you are and it's like no that's not me that's not me and i'm okay with that i can't bake a cupcake to save my soul and my kids know it they appreciate it and they love the starboard cupcakes (laughs) (laughs) the best mother's day card i ever got was from my friend brenda in oregon and on the front is like some like retro mom with like the torpedo boob dress on <laughs> and she's looking at the at the camera and she's like oh my god my children have chewed through their straps <laughs> Because it is. There's very few moms that are willing to step forward and say, this is hard. And I think, Christy, that's why we became friends. One of the reasons. I mean, lots of reasons. But, you know, we both say, like, I don't know what I'm doing. What do we do here? You know, like with bullying. Like, I don't know. I know. And, you know, I am a walking reality show. I I swear, I will talk about anything and everything. So for, for those of your listeners who don't know, my first child died of sudden infant death syndrome. So that's how I kind of got into being the safety mom. And then my second child has severe intellectual disabilities. So I talk about that all the time. And that's, I have to tell you, that's one of the hardest things because Spencer is gorgeous. He is a Justin Bieber lookalike, but he has psychosis non-specified, NVLD, ADHD, you name it, he has it. And it's a real challenge because kids look at him.
them and, and don't understand that there's issues. And parents look at them and don't understand there's issues. And God, you know, you, you, it breaks your heart. You want to protect your kids. So, you know, I blog a lot about special needs and intellectual disabilities because I feel like moms especially feel like they're alone out there. They're just, you know, they're doing this by the skin of their teeth and they don't know. And if anybody can just, you know, empathize with what I'm going through, feel like I connect with them or just give them some sort of information, I've done something. And then I have a dad with Alzheimer's, so I write about being in that sandwich generation and I'm a recently divorced mom. I was emotionally abused and verbally abused for 15 years. So I put it all out there because I just feel like if I can help one other mom go through something and, and learn something or get some resources, I've done my job. Oh, you have done an amazing job. I mean, from, you know, what I have watched you do over the past couple of years and watched you create really something out of nothing, you know, to support support your family and to support other women out there. It's amazing what you do. I mean, I, I don't know how you do it all. Oh, well, thank you. And I'm getting remarried July 31st, so I'm very excited oh, about congratulations. that. Congratulations. Thank you. So now we really are the Brady Bunch. He has four, but he has two that are under 11. So on any given weekend, in fact, I just they just went home. I have five under the age of 13 at any given day. Nice. Oh, my, I'm already tired. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, you're going to write about blending families because that's what we need help with. Yeah, and I'm also, speaking of bullying, my next book is coming out in March. It's called OMG Save Me, The Safety Mom's Guide to Understanding Your Teen. Because, boy, is that just uncharted territory. Well, yeah, they're like marinating in hormones and, yeah. and you know, just everything. And then you're going to add a blended issues on t- blended family issues. Then you're going to have special needs issues. Right. Oh, my God. You're just like a bestseller waiting to happen. Oh, thank you. And, you know, when you do, and, and this is one of the hard things. When you talk about moms and, you know, trying to be the perfect mom, moms of teens either are in denial or they're just <laughs> not understanding what's going on. I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Your teen isn't perfect. They are probably doing something, and they are probably lying to you. There's a news flash for you. So, you know what? This book is going to be, I am interviewing over 500 teens. I have a 700 question survey. Not all of them have to fill out all of them, but, you know, the, the reality of what you know, kids think they're facing the stresses and the pressures versus what mom thinks they're facing and dad, it's pretty eye-opening. I can imagine. I'm just hoping, I'll, you know, I won't be here by the time their teen years run around. They'll be in a little wheelchair, you know, giving me bubbles to blow while they navigate their teen years. Exactly. It's, and that's it's not very, that's not too many years away, girl. That's <laughs> Thank you for that. Blowing bubbles. Yeah, would you like to give my chronological age to our audience, too, while you're at it? I'm just saying. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you're well, going to be in a wheelchair blowing bubbles when they're teenagers. <laughs> I know. I know. That's more because of my own fear. But, um, all right, we're going to have to go to commercial break. Our guest today is Allison Rhodes. She is the safety mom. She has a new book coming out. She knows everything there is about safety, and she's willing to talk openly about her life. And um, if you missed the opening segments today, I need you guys to go to iTunes. You can download our shows from there. You can also check us out at motherhoodtalkradio.com. And you can pull the podcast off of Toginet, T-O-G-I-N-E-T. When we come back from 
the break, we will have Allison Rhodes' first dish about her new husband that she's marrying on the 31st. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, but we want to talk about um, what's the difference between being overprotective, overcautious, and just being smart. show motherhood talk radio giving you interesting inspiring and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation this is motherhood talk radio and we'll be right back after these ready for the most current feel-good gossip then check out daytime with donna with your host donna intercastle and sidekick nina fry every friday afternoon at 2 1 central on toginet.com Donna is a charismatic market-driven entrepreneur who was part of the team that founded iVillage.com, which is the largest content-driven community for women today. Donna and Nina are here to empower you, motivate you, and encourage you in all aspects of your life. It's like Oprah on the radio. Plus, your chance to win great prizes, all the way up to a $500 Visa gift card. For more on Donna Intracasso, check out her website, introinc.com. Then join us for the show, Daytime with Donna, with your host, Donna Intracasso, and sidekick Nina Fry. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lippman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Back and Christy Holland. Hey, mamas. So we are on the slip and slide with your baby fun show uh, with Allison Reddles, the safety mom. And she is going to talk to us today about being the difference between, and this is one thing that I've noticed, Christy, either moms tend to swing like on a pendulum. They're either like, oh, yeah, go fine, you know, dance on that break wall, go ahead. And then the other ones that are like, oh, my God, don't get near an open flame. I know it's only a birthday candle, but stand back. I know, I know. I agree with you. I, I feel like, for me, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm cautious, but I'm not crazy, you know, my well, sister and I. but it's hard I... to know. And then you turn on the TV, and there's all this stuff about like you know like like your kid can get electrocuted like you know through the carpet and you know it sells magazines and it sells you know tv shows because i tune in and go oh my god how am i going to kill my child this week um 
it's overwhelming. And that's why, Allison, what's the difference between, like, how do you know when you're being overprotective, overcautious, and then just being a smart mom? Well, I, I think it also depends on the age of your child. I mean, one of the things is I, I, I liken it a lot to wearing a seatbelt in a car. You want to wear a seatbelt because it's going to protect you from those, you know, horrific crashes, but there's still a chance that something's going to happen. That's life. I mean, you know, it, it was really interesting. After my first child died of sudden infant death syndrome, everybody said, how do you go around not being paranoid? You can't. I mean, being a parent by nature is taking a chance and taking a risk. So you want to eliminate those real, you know, horrific dangers such as falls out of windows or falls downstairs. But you know what? Your, your child is not always going to be in your, your house. They're going to be visiting places, and that's what's going to happen. So there, there is that sort of independence you have to give them. They have to understand the word no. You have to do that. And you have to teach that to them. My daughter, Kelsey, who's eight now, going on 18, when she was little, she went to daycare at three years old, and they were giving popcorn, and this little one spoke up and said, no, popcorn's a choking hazard. I'm not having it. So, you know, you, you do have to have, you know, uh, some boundaries that you set for them, but then you also have to kind of go with fate and, and put them in, you know, put it in God's hands. Well, and let me ask you this question, and this is going to, you know, I say a lot of things on the air that gets me some hate mail, and this one probably will. You don't have to answer it if it violates any of your <laughs> many sponsors. <laughs> How many kids have actually drowned in a toilet? Because I hate that stupid toilet thing that parents put on their toilet, because I go in to use the bathroom when they're at their house, and I'm like in there for 15 minutes it's trying a party to figure game. out how to get exactly. it up. It's a party trick. You know what? Here, I don't have a specific statistic on how many kids have drowned in toilets, but it has happened. I mean, and you know what? Things are always going to happen. Unfortunately, I live in New York. I mean, in Long Island just last week, a child strangled on an air conditioning cord. It was a window air conditioner. It was plugged in, and he wrapped the cord around his neck and strangled. I mean, this happens, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that happens. I, I think that toilet seats are needed, but, you know, there are other ways of taking it off when you have company, so you don't have to necessarily well, have that party game you, happen. Don't you think that toilet thing is also, at least at my house, so the kids don't put their hands in there and get all the toilet water everywhere? Yeah. I would Yeah, kind of nasty. Well, you know, I'm just going to I'm going to say... Go ahead. On, on behalf well, of all the guests, I will pee on your floor, Christy, if you don't take that stupid oh, thing off so over there. I don't have it on there. I'm just okay. saying. I want to get back to the uh, helicoptering versus free range. So, so, you know, that's kind of the answer for the little kids. But when they get to be 10, 11, 12 years old, I'm sorry, I raise my hand as a helicopter parent because right now, you know, kids are facing dangers out there that we never had. When we had a schoolyard bully, it stayed in the school. Unfortunately, now with cyberbullying, it's 24-7. These kids have no respite. I mean, it's happening in their bedroom. It's happening at night. It's spreading. There is no way. And unfortunately, if we don't stay aware of par as parents, one out of every two kids is cyberbullied right now. That's a scary wow. statistic. Um, one is that continuously or has been cyberbullied in their... Has in their... been cyberbullied at some point. Um, but unfortunately, it usually carries over. Um, when we get, when our, our girls get older, one out of four kids has had um, dating abuse happen, either emotionally, verbally, or physically. Um, so, and, and they're not telling us. 
Our kids are not telling us. We do need to stay involved. We do need to hover because there's just too many cases where our kids are being bullied, are being harassed, are being abused, and we don't know. They're just not telling us. So, uh, you know, I do say we need to hover. We need to be parents first. What I'm seeing, unfortunately, too, is parents are so intent on being their kids' friends rather than parents that, you know, they're, they're just allowing things to happen. Parents are serving alcohol at parties because they want to be the cool parents, and they don't understand the devastating effects this is going to have, lifelong consequences. Our kids don't understand how posting a photo of themselves is not going to just affect them now. It's going to affect them going into a job. And right now, you know, you need every leverage you can to get a job when you're coming out of college. So, yeah, I do say hover. I do say watch over what your kids are doing. You know, people say, oh, my God, you can't read their diary. Really? Yeah, you can. You know, I, I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, and I'm not saying hide it from your kids. Tell your kids, you know what? I am looking over your shoulder. Somebody had a great quote. If your teens like you, you're doing something wrong. (laughs) It's, It's so true. You know, they're not meant to like you as teens. That's just not in their DNA. They're meant to like you once they get out of their teenage years, have kids themselves and say, oh my gosh, now I get it. Right. Well, it's one of those things, like, you know, I recently got my seven-year-old a cell phone um, because he's over at the dad's, and a lot of times we go through the old, oh, the kids are asleep at 3.30 yep. in the afternoon. Really, they are. Yep. <laughs> or the phone doesn't pick up, and then I go two days without being able to say goodnight or talk to my kids, so I got him a, a, you know, a cell phone, and that was really hard for me because that's not, that was not part of my hard wiring, you I know, know, as a parent, and, you know, obviously, you know, divorce wasn't part of my hard wiring either. Right. Um, but it's amazing when I look at the sheer number of texts a seven-year-old gets. He gets more than me, and I'm already like a loser on the phone where I'm like, oh, my God, I can't get my – oh, don't take my phone away from me. It's my lifeline. Um, well, I'll tell you, I did the same thing. I got my daughter a cell phone because she was uncomfortable not being able to connect with me when mm-hmm. she was at her dad's house, and it's only for emergency purposes. She doesn't have it when she's in school. She doesn't have it when she's at friend's house. She only has it. Now, unfortunately, here's another scary statistic. 200,000 kids are abducted and missing every year. 75% are from the non-custodial parent. Wait, I don't know. you got to translate. 70% 200,000 kids are abducted or declared missing every year. And of those 200,000, 75% of them are from the non-custodial parent that's grabbing them. So the mom or the dad that doesn't have custody Correct. is the one grabbing them. Correct. Wow. Wow. It's a pretty scary statistic. So, you know what? I applaud you for giving your daughter a cell phone. It was hard. It was hard. You know, it was a, you know, again, there's a lot of things like, you know, when life doesn't turn out the way you dreamed about when you were little, and I'm sure you go through the same thing, Christy, and and I know you have, um, Allison, we have to adjust. And when we have to adjust, it calls into question, well, this wasn't what my mother did. This wasn't what any parent I really know did. And you kind of lose your confidence. Um, right in making these decisions and and I know what you mean about like you know that as a single parent you run that fine line of being the mom in the soft place to fall but also the disciplinarian that says no you know you can't do right. that you know do not chew on that electrical cord right <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so, you know can I bring up something about the elect- about the cord thing and I you know we're very sorry for that child who died um but when I had my first son who was very mild all I could think of is like 
these moms are crazy. You know, and I'm thinking about blinds and all these cords and things, and I'm like, nobody would get up and wrap a cord around their neck. And then I had my second son, Zachy, who we call Wacky. <laughs> he was walking by my mom's window, took that cord from the blind, wrapped it around his neck so fast, fell over, hung himself right in front of me. Oh, yeah. Was, for a minute there, I was stunned. I was like, wow, they really do do that. <laughs> and, you know, that's a really good point that you bring up because we have I have a baby-proofing company, Safety Mom Solutions, in the New Jersey, New York, and Connecticut area, and we have a lot of moms who, you know, call us for their second child saying, oh, my first didn't do that. I'll, you know, they'll never do that. Number one never does what number two does, and they all have their own kind of safety vulnerabilities, I'll say. So, you know, one may be the one that wanders out the door no matter what, whereas the other one's the climber, and you just don't know. You have to look at each kid individually. Right, right. I mean, you wouldn't, you know, and I think of, and even if they're twins, because I had friends who were twins growing up, and one time we were sitting in the library, we had these little things called whistle chairs, and they looked like whistles made of leather, and we would sit in the whistle chairs, and one twin was sitting there going, stuff it up your nose, and he's like, nope, and, you know, Phil and Steve, they were, were their names. Um, <laughs> Phil goes, stuff those M&Ms up your nose. No, I'm yeah. not going to stuff the M&Ms up his nose. So the one who was doing the daring says, well, fine, I'll do it. Well, he shoved those M&Ms so oh. far up his nose. They had to take them to the hospital. I think oh, they yeah. got sinuses or something. I don't know where they go when they go up high enough. I can tell you, because the safety mom's son did that, put a bean <laughs> up his nose from the arts and crafts. And sitting there at 6 o'clock, all of a sudden his nose was bleeding. We were in the emergency room all night getting the bean out of the nose. <laughs> Who does this? You know what? But here's a little secret, too, and I'm sorry. You know, I'm not offending anybody. But boys keep doing things. Even into adulthood, boys do stupid things. What is You're it? right. You're right. This is hardwired that way. <laughs> and okay. when they grow into men. Oh, my gosh. Especially when they grow into men. Though, you know, my son, um, my older son, the quiet one, learned a very, very valuable lesson this summer with a wrench. Um, he learned that you cannot use a wrench on your penis. <laughs> Oh, my God. And I'm like, wow, that's something you'll only learn once in your life. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, it's hard to know what they're going to do next. And and usually, I think, in families, you have one that's fairly predictable, and then you have one that just you have no idea what they're doing. And those are the reasons that people need to buy your safety book. You know, and it's so true, and it's funny. And I love all my kids, but as you said, they're all unique. So when I was going through my divorce, we had to talk about, you know, college plans and everything, and what do you think each one will do? And Spencer, who has my intellectual disabilities, bless his heart, I said, you know, he's going to be creative. He's going to be a chef. He's going to do something creative. And my middle child is just the brainiac. And then my little one will be pole dancing or jumping out of windows of Florida State. There's not a doubt in my mind. I accept it. I know it. Oh, you guys, we're here today with Allison Reynolds, the safety mom, and her very, very candid interview um, about moms and being safe. And uh, we would like you guys to come back after the break because now we're going to get in the dish of the new Mr. Safety Mom. (laughs) And why you are on my radio show a week before your wedding and not doing other things is crazy. Mom here. 
Here's your show, Motherhood Talk Radio, giving you interesting, inspiring, and influential information as you navigate everything from child care to corporate formation. This is Motherhood Talk Radio, and we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Pinrock. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on toginet.com. Life after an autism spectrum diagnosis doesn't have to be difficult. It can be joyful, happy, and filled with hope. Join Shannon Penrod, author, speaker, coach, and mom of a six-year-old recovering from autism for this inspirational hour of hope. She's even authored a series of children's autism books with her son, Jim. For more information about the books, Shannon, and Everyday Autism Miracles, go to her website, shannonpenrod.com. From there, you can also get to her other websites, blogs, and connections. On Everyday Autism Miracles, you'll hear stories from parents whose children have made miraculous strides. You'll also get the inside dish on therapies, treatments, supplements, and how to get funding to help you afford them. Miracles abound in the autism community. So tune in for Everyday Autism Miracles to listen, share, laugh, and surround yourself with hope. Everyday Autism Miracles with Shannon Penrod. Friday afternoons at 2, 1 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Motherhood Talk Radio, the most powerful voice in women's issues. For more information, check out the website, motherhoodtalkradio.com. Now, let's get back to the show with your hosts, Sandra Beck and Christy Holly. Hey, mamas, this is Sandra Beck, and I have a correction. Our guest today is Allison Rhodes, R-H-O-D-E-S, not Allison Rendles, but Allison Rendles <laughs> happens to be the photographer who's taking my headshots, so we want to thank her for her unexpected appearance today on the show, yes. and how fast she went from photography to safety. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So, Allison, okay, how are you on my show? Like, it's less, well, it's about, what, 10 days out to your way? It's about 10 days out, Yes. Okay, so we're going to give hope to divorced women everywhere with kids, with kids with special needs. Of course, we all don't look like you, Allison. You're very beautiful. Oh, thank you. And successful and, you know, all those good things that the rest of us aren't. Um, But we're going to hold you up as the poster child for moving on. Well, thank you. And, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, that was something that really concerned me because I came with a lot of baggage, I swear to gosh. And, you know, I mean, dealing with, I'll be honest, I'm dealing with a crazy ex-husband. I've got restraining orders against the kids from him. It's like I've got a, you know, child with special needs and everything. I'm like, okay, I'm not the prettiest package right now. And I met him on Match. 
You did. I did. I did. And it was funny because I was getting all of these wackos. I live in Connecticut, and I was getting these guys that were like, I'll relocate from Florida. I'm like, really? You don't even know me. So I was just about to get off, and, and he was one. Greg is his name. And he was pushed to me. He was one. And he talked all about his kids. And he lived in the town next door to me, and we had an hour-long conversation. And, you know, I'm never going to say it's love at first sight because I, I just don't think that's realistic. But we hit it off immediately, and I was like, I like this guy. He's a nice guy. And I remember he's the first one. I was I was on a media tour in, in San Diego, and I got this text saying, I love you. I was like, oh, my God, really? But um, he's just he's this great, amazing, amazing guy and the most calm and patient guy and you know it's really funny because it just flowed like his kids understood Spencer they never questioned it and when I fell in love with him and I knew it was when we did testing on Spencer and we realized his his needs are significant and Greg said well you know he may be living with us till he's 30 40 years old and that's okay Aww. And I was like, yeah, right? Everybody, well, you know. So so here's my funny story that, you know, doesn't happen to everybody, but it does happen. So um, I live in New York, close to New York, and I've been in PR all my life, and you have to have a story. You have to have a story to tell everybody. So we decided we were getting married, but I'm like, no, 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 that's not good enough. So we were going to a friend's party in New York City around Christmas, and I'm like, I'm dragging you to the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree because you need to propose down on one knee in front of the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. So I photo, you know, I did a whole photo op. I had somebody there taking the picture and then we went to a little Irish pub around the corner and he had the uh, singer sing Allison from Elvis Costello to me. It was great. This was Christmas. Five days later, January 4th, I'm on the Today Show, national television with Kathy Lee and Hoda. And I'm talking about all different products to keep your kids safe. And one of them is this great system from ADT, which is the Pulse system. And you, I have cameras in my house. So when I'm away from home, I can see my kids in the basement playing. I can see whatever. And I can see our home office. So I'm telling Kathy Lee and Hoda during the break that I got proposed to under the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree. They're making this whole big deal. We go back from break. And we're looking at the cameras. We're looking at my house, and there's Greg sitting there in front of the cameras. So they start messing with him on the cameras, talking about how I got engaged. So my engagement was announced live on today's show. <gasps> wow! Yeah, oh. pretty Seems cool. Like everybody on the radio station has a Greg, but me. No, no. You know what? He's <laughs> Christy's married. Christy's married to a Greg too. Oh my and gosh! We, yeah. we can find you one. Yes, I need my own Greg. Everybody you else has their what? own Greg. There, he's just the most wonderful, amazing man I have ever met in my life, and and it's just it's great. Like, you know, life may not start out the way, and believe me, I mean, between losing my son and everything, it's not been easy. But I have a really good life. You do, you do, and you always from the get go. I think I've known you a couple years now, two or three years now, yes. and I think from the from day one in meeting you, the one thing that I have always seen from you is your unbelievable optimism, your enthusiasm, and your resiliency. Oh, thank you. Well, I get that from my mom. I have to say, my mom is the most optimistic person I have ever met in my life, and you know, you you, you have one life, and you gotta make it what you can, and you either choose to go. I, you know, I, I remember when Connor died, and I've met so many people, unfortunately, who've lost children, and 
you know, their lives have stopped. And I don't believe that's what Connor would have wanted from me. And whenever I do a baby proofing job or whenever I do anything, I, I hear my baby laughing up there. And you choose what you're going to do with your life. And everything I do, I always say, I do in, in his name and his memory. And he pushed me down this path. And I, I would never want to go through that tragedy, but I was a senior executive in PR and I loved what I did, but I love what I do now. I love talking to moms and dads and just trying to help make kids' lives and moms' lives happy, safe, and sane. Well, and you make such a difference. And, you know, as we've been on the air talking, we have a couple things that have come through uh, the emails. We have one that says, my daughter stuck a bead in her nose, and we had to take her to the emergency room because they couldn't find it. Uh, my kid put a bubble gum wrapper in his ear, rolled it up into a ball in my nose. Oh, gosh. Stuck a pretzel in my ear, and then I swallowed a quarter once and a nickel. <laughs> And it all comes out in the end. <laughs> and it is out. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's well, right. a penny. We have oh. need to prove it. Yep, you, you have it actually in a bag yeah. on your wall. <laughs> I didn't get it out. My husband did. <laughs> you know, it was so funny. I was talking to a mom this weekend, and her daughter's two, my, my five-year-old's first tooth fell out. And we were talking about saving teeth, and she's like, oh, no. And she, one time when she was older, had gone into her mom's drawer and found this, like, whole bag of old Ugh. teeth. It was like just yeah, I probably have my kids somewhere, at least one. Yeah. That's I was okay. thinking, like, well, you know, you never know. It's like DNA cloning might work, you know, like 40 years from now, and I'll be there with this whole bag of teeth going, yeah, I'd like six, please. Right. <laughs> Oh, but you know what, Allison, one of the things that I want to ask you, um, you know, we're going to ask you a couple safety questions. So this has been a super fun interview. Um, can you, in order to give our show some redeeming value other than girlfriend talk, <laughs> is um, we're getting this heat wave right now, um, you know, and there's like 13 deaths and counting according to AOL, and yeah. August is coming on, which brings on like football and soccer practice and cheerleading. Yeah. Can you give us a, just a quick rundown of what parents need to know about sports and heat? Well, because that's a big one. And how do we teach our kids? Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that people don't realize, obviously it's hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. So important. And look for those signs. If your kids are getting lethargic, pull them in. But, you know, it doesn't always have to be those Gatorade drinks. Bananas. Bananas are a great way of hydrating your kids. They're full of potassium. So there's different ways of, you know, getting that. But that is the most important thing. And kids won't necessarily tell you when they're running outside and playing, they don't realize how bad it's getting until it's too late. And not just kids, senior citizens as well, you know, the elderly, they just don't realize it. So make sure you're hydrating all the time. And then never, ever, ever, not even for a second, leave your kids in the car. And I, unfortunately, so many times, it's by mistake. We were joking about that at the top of the hour, but it does happen. So it sounds crazy. Put a post-it note on your windshield saying, don't forget to check the car seat. It happens. You know, if we're out of our normal routine and usually dad's dropping the kids off at daycare and you're not, it's really easy to forget. And cars heat up within minutes, within minutes. So never leave your kid in the car at all. 
Absolutely. I mean, we've all done it. We've all left our kids places. And I've had that. I don't know if you've ever had it, Christy, where, you know, my kids, you know, prior to, to you know, the agreement, our custody agreement, I had my kids with me 24-7. And um, when I finally, they went over to their dads, I would have little freakouts because I'd be in the car and then go, oh, where did he go? Where did he yeah. go? I know, you know, he's yeah. around here somewhere, you know, because you cannot, we're not perfect. We're not able to remember everything all the time. And I think part of that acknowledgement that we aren't perfect is what helps us be better parents because they can then we can be aware of, you know, maybe we know, like I know I'm very forgetful and, and, you know, to remember where my kids are, to remember what they need, you know, it's very easy for me to forget. Right. It's the way I'm made. And, you know, that's one of the things that I always try to tell listeners in my audience is, you know what, be take it easy on yourself. None of us are perfect. And, you know, don't hit yourself and kick yourself every time you make a mistake. We're not perfect. We, we love each other. We love our kids, and we're just trying to do the best we can. It is. It is. And, and, and also, I'm going to put my, like, you know, I'm going to put my, my gavel down like Judge Judy. And I'm going to say, and women, next time you want to talk to another mom and tell them how great your kid is after they've just talked to you about making a mistake, just zip it. You know? Just <laughs> right there. Just zip it. Because it's going to be you someday. And if we as women, especially as mothers, can be a little kinder to each other, maybe then we can share more information rather than than having it always be a competition. It's true. It shouldn't be a competition. It really shouldn't. No. Christy, what about you? You have any questions for the safety mom? Well, I want to know how do you, um, when you see a mom or someone doing something that's dangerous or like, how do you, how do you approach somebody and, and I don't know, tell them, or enlighten them. How how would you do that? Would you? Yeah. You know, it's it's not easy, and in fact, it's really an occupational hazard for me because I see things and I'm like, oh my goodness, what are they doing? You know, I think it's all in the presentation. You know, when, when you come at it in a in a condescending or a lecturing way, saying you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, it's really hard. You know, it's it's more starting a conversation and finding out what they're thinking, and then offering you know just an opinion from where you would have drawn it from, from statistics or a doctor. But if you come in like a bull in a china closet saying absolutely don't do that it's just not going to be listened to yeah. No, and it's probably going to hurt somebody's feelings, too, and they're just going to look at you and go back off. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing is you never know someone's story. You know, there may be a reason they're doing this. It may be cultural. It may be, you know, you never know. So, you know, always, always start out with the thought that they're doing it for a reason and then find out. You know, that's really good advice, and I appreciate you taking the time out uh, to come on the show today and share with us not only your story, uh, we want to congratulate you on your upcoming wedding. I think that's so wonderful, and it gives hope to women everywhere who, you know, are single moms, who have special needs kids, who um, are trying to work hard and make it on their own. And so, Allison, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud to have you on the show today. What's the name of your book so our audience can check it out? Honey, I lost the baby in the produce aisle. The Safety Mom's Guide to Childproofing Your Life. And I'm on Twitter at Safety Mom and SafetyMom.com. Thank you.
you for being a part of Motherhood Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Christy Holly on Toginet.com. Join us every Tuesday at